Hello and welcome to Desert Island Risks, a series of podcasts presented by both John Harney and myself, Jennifer Michelle, where we'll be sharing results from our recently published Global Pension Risk Survey. Within this series, John and I will be casting our various guests away to a desert island with a copy of Aeon's recently published Global Pension Risk Survey, where they'll have endless time to think about their defined benefit pension schemes and the latest risks that they face. Today, we will be discussing long-term targets. Please welcome my guest today, Alistair McIntosh, a partner within the practice and co-author of the survey. Welcome to the island, Alistair. Thanks, Jennifer. So, picture this. You're lounging on the beach with this survey. You've read it cover to cover. What are the key findings in this year's survey around long-term goals? Well, the big takeaway for me, Jennifer, is that this is the first time that we've had a majority of schemes aiming for buyout. Uh, We've we've got now up to 55% of schemes aiming for buyout compared to only 30% aiming for self-sufficiency in the the long run. That's sort of up from 47% of schemes uh, aiming for buyout in the previous survey two years ago. And actually, if you go back into surveys before that, it had sort of languished around 30% um, for a number of surveys. So that sort of almost flipped on its head relative to to self-sufficiency. So long-term targets are definitely getting stronger. Um, But against that, it's actually very pleasing to see that they're still getting closer. Um, The average time that schemes are expecting to take to get to their long-term target is 7.8 years. And that's excluding the 16% of schemes that have already reached their their long-term target. So of of those still still going, 75% expect to get there in, in 10 years. So, you know, a lot of good work done in recent years. And even as those targets are getting stronger, they are still getting closer. So that's quite a big change since last time. Why do you think this is? Well, ultimately, the good risk management of both trustees and sponsors over a number of years um, running their plans. Um, Rising yields in in recent years have improved funding positions. I think the switch from uh, self-sufficiency to buyout is, is largely driven by buyout sort of becoming closer, seeming more realistic. Uh, for a lot of schemes and particularly at the very very large end of the the market that the growth in the insurance industry capacity means that that buyout is an option for the much larger multi-billion pound schemes in a way that it probably wasn't five or six years ago. And how can trustees keep to their flight plan? Well, the key thing is to is to have a plan. It was really pleasing to see that actually to get to long-term targets, 64% of schemes said they were completely on track, and if they just stuck to their plans, uh, you, know, you know, they would they would get there. I think alongside that, it's worth having a contingency plan. You know, what would happen in, in bad scenarios? Do you need extra extra contributions? 15% of schemes were saying that they would need contributions outside of their currently agreed recovery plan to get to their long-term target. Yeah, it's perhaps a call to action for those schemes uh, to, to see if they can build those, uh, build those contributions more formally into the plan. Um, things that will happen to, to all schemes, uh, like increasing maturity, um, you know, also worth building into a plan schemes will, will mature over time if they're closed to, to new entrants um, and that will generally help schemes reach a plan. So just making sure that you've got a robust uh, plan that's, that's fit for all, all purposes. Definitely. And what are the key risks people need to manage as part of their flight plan? Well, you've got the traditional risks of you know, in, interest 
investment risk and interest rate and inflation risk. As schemes have got better funded, started to de-risk and increased hedging, those are those are sort of largely under control, I would say. Um, you know, longevity risk is starting to to creep up the agenda for schemes. Um, you know, schemes can look at that either through you know, hedging it via buy-ins or via longevity swaps. Longevity swaps probably more applicable at the, the larger end of the market. And this this hedging longevity risk is one actually one of the few areas in the survey these days where we do still see um, a difference in in scheme size. So. Um, 58% of over a billion pound scheme have at least hedged some of their longevity risk uh, compared to only 30% of, of smaller schemes. And I think that reflects the sort of partial hedging transactions, sort of doing a partial pensioner buy-in, probably make more sense for, for larger schemes, whereas at the smaller end of the market, schemes typically these days wait and, and do a, you know, a full buy-in or buy-out transaction. Um, in one go, it'll be interesting to see sort of how that develops. Um, as I say, that the insurance market capacity is is growing, so that does give more flexibility for schemes. Thank you, Alistair. So imagine this: it's your first day back from the island. What's the first tip you would give your clients based on this year's pension risk survey? I think for me, it goes back to having that that plan. You know, if you've got a long-term target. Um, you know, have a plan to get there. But actually, as part of that plan, make sure that you're building in, you know, all the other things that we'll talk about in future episodes of this podcast, the things around member options, things around GMP equalization and investment and, and cyber and other governance issues. So it really is a, a ro robust plan. Um, in our introduction, we talked about the, the regulatory burden that's only increasing on schemes. So there really is quite a lot there for um for schemes to get their, their head round. It's important that you know schemes, a lot of schemes have resourcing or, or budget constraints. So there's a balance between dealing with the things that need to be done to, to comply with legislation and the, these increasing regulations and those that will you know, be in the best interest of members and the best projects and the best plan are those that you, you can do what you need to, to comply with regulations, but in a way that does still benefit members. Thank you, Alistair. And for all our listeners out there, look out for further episodes to come within this series. There is a link you can click on within the show notes where you'll be able to download a copy of the survey findings. And if you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss this further, please contact your usual Aon consultant or any of us. Alistair, I'll cast you back home now from the island. Thank you all very much for listening and see you next time.